The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is James Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Man, it has been a very eventful month. For one, we have celebrated Resurrection Sunday this last week, as well as this week. And we literally just had our Passover celebration for the year 2022, and it was wonderful. I wish you guys all could have been there and partaken, but as always, you can do it yourselves, or you can always participate with us again next year. But I would like to touch on the Passover a bit and kind of expand on its significance and its meaning in our day-to-day lives. Of course, we are not Jewish, we are born-again Christians, but that does not matter. The Passover celebration still has a lot of significance in us and in our walk as Christians. So we still need to recognize it and celebrate it as we have been commanded to do. So let us touch on the Passover celebration. Now I'm sure many of us know about the origins of the Passover celebration, but for those who may not know, I'm going to reiterate. Basically, the origins of the Passover take us back all the way to the book of Exodus with Moses delivering the people of God out of Egypt. So, during this time, of course, God sent many plagues such as locusts, frogs, flies, boils, and darkness. But the last plague was a plague that would be the death of the firstborn. And to prevent the people of God from suffering from this plague with the Egyptians, God set aside some specific instructions for a feast that they had to partake in. This would become the Passover feast. So let us look now at Exodus 12. Here in Exodus 12, he lays out some specific instructions. Let's start with verse 3. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, Each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken it into account the number of people they are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animal you choose must be a year-old male's without defect. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. So there's the first thing we need to look at. First off, they needed to take lamb, a sheep or a goat that is of one year old, and it has no blemishes of any kind. Let's move on to verse 7. 
Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the house where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. And here he begins to lay out some other stuff. But this is the main point we're taking away. So to start off, they needed to slay a young one-year-old lamb with no defects of any kind and put the blood over their doorposts. Then they would proceed to eat a specific meal with specific instructions set out while they partook with the meal that night. And as the spirit of death passed over Egypt, it would pass over the houses that had this blood over their posts and not take the firstborn of that household. Any household that did not do this procedure and take part in this feast would have lost the firstborn of their house as well as the firstborn of their animals and livestock, which was a huge blow to the Egyptians. And this was the final catalyst that led the Pharaoh to relent and allow Moses to take the Israelites and leave. It was also commanded to them by God in this same passage that they needed to continue to celebrate this festival of unleavened bread because it is to celebrate the day they were liberated and delivered out of Egypt by God. It says in verse 17, Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. And so the Jewish people have been celebrating this festival, this Passover meal, every year for generations since this moment as a way of remembering when God had delivered them out of Egypt. And, of course, this meal has many different proceedings, each with their own significance and their own meaning. But unfortunately, we don't have enough time for me to go over everything, because this is only a short segment for the radio. So instead, I'm only going to touch on some specific sections and point them to the present day. So for starters, of course, why is it important for us as Christians? Well... When it came to the Last Supper of Jesus with his disciples, he was partaking in this very feast. They were celebrating the Passover. You can see this in Mark chapter 14, starting with verse 12. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So you can see that the Last Supper that we know of was actually a Passover celebration. This was the time of year when the Jewish people would celebrate and remember the time when they were delivered out of Israel. So of course, if we skip ahead, they make room and they go forward with their celebrations and they follow through the traditions. However, it is not till towards the end that God changes something. This is when he does something different. But before I touch on that, I need to explain a couple things. So, going back to the many procedures and stuff that happen within a Passover celebration, there are two major ones to note within this situation. 
there is the four cups of wine, and there are three pieces of unleavened bread that are used during the cedar meal. Now, we will start with the bread. So there's actually many interpretations of what these three different pieces of bread could mean, one of which is that they are representative of three different types of people within the people of God, such as the Kohanim, the Levites, and the Israelites. The Kohanim being the descendants of Aaron, and the Levites being the main people that worked within priesthood. And then, of course, the Israelites being the rest of the Israelite people. There is also the interpretation of the three breads being significant towards Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this one works really well with the second piece of bread. You see, during the procedures of the Passover feast, the second piece of bread would be broken into two parts. And the larger these two parts would be hidden away. And it wouldn't be brought back until the end of the feast. Now, when it comes to the themes of these pieces, a lot of people refer to this piece kind of like sacrifice. Or relate it back to, of course, the sacrificial lamb. Which is why some people use this as interpretation for Isaac, who was brought to be a sacrifice by Abraham for God before God stopped him. And now there are also these four cups of wine. So, these four cups of wine are actually significant because they relate back to four I wills that God told Moses in Exodus chapter 6. This is Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. So, each of these wills mentioned in this passage tie back to one of these four cups. Now, there are two cups that are taken during the procedures of the feast. These are the first two I wills, which is that I will deliver you out, or I will bring you out from the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will free you from being slaves to them. This is done during the feast because it ties back to their time in Egypt and being slaves and being delivered out of them which is what a lot of the feast represents during the proceedings. But after the feast is done is when we get into the two other I wills, which is, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And then the last I will, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Now, why are these four I wills significant for us? Well, it just so happens that towards the end, after they had finished eating, Jesus made a change to the proceedings. What he did was he took that second piece of bread and he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, This is my body. And they took it. And then he took the third cup, because this is after they had finished eating, it would have been the third cup, the cup of redemption that he said, this is my blood. And he had them take those in remembrance of him. See, he broke the tradition initially set by the Jewish people and brought forth something new. And this ties back because of what Jesus Christ 
did and its significance with the symbolism going on here. First off, that second piece of bread, which we relate to people like Isaac and sacrifice, and the sacrificial lamb used to deliver them from death of the firstborn, ties back to God, who was our sacrificial lamb, who was a man without any sin, who was killed on behalf of us so that we may live and be delivered from ours. And that is what he's saying here with this bread being his body. And then with the third cup, which is the cup of redemption, redeeming his people with an outstretched arm, this ties into how God, through his sacrifice in his blood, we have been redeemed and brought into something new. And he wants us to do this in remembrance of him. This is why it is important for us to understand and celebrate the Passover celebration. We are celebrating it not only to celebrate and remember what happened with Moses, but to remember that Jesus Christ was our sacrificial lamb, giving us a new beginning, a new chance, and saving us from death. And look at how he did this. He did this by changing the status quo. He did this by changing the rules of service just as he changed the rules for us to enter the kingdom of heaven. Before we had to make sacrifices, before we had to go without sin and make many sacrifices every time we sinned, but now Jesus Christ was our sacrifice. And through his death, we are redeemed. This change is marked through this proceeding that happened at the Last Supper, which happened during the Passover. And he specifically instructed that his disciples do this in remembrance of him. But of course, you may be asking, what about this fourth cup? This cup that was left behind that I didn't mention. You see, this cup is called the cup of restoration. Where in the scriptures of Exodus, going back to the book of Exodus, he says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Now, Jesus Christ did not partake in this cup with his disciples. In fact, after they had finished with the proceedings of bread and wine, with it being his blood and body, they sang a hymn, and then they left. And they went to the Mount of Olives. Now, what is the significance here? Well, let's look back at Mark. In Mark chapter 14, verses 24 through 25. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Let's look also at the account in Luke chapter 22, verses 17 through 18. After the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I will tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. This is why he did not partake in that last final cup, which is considered the cup of restoration. Because he will not partake of that cup until the kingdom of God is here with us. So now, Jesus is eagerly awaiting the time when he is able to partake of that specific cup with the rest of us when the kingdom of God has come to fruition and come down 
here on earth. So it is our duty to make that happen. Now let's look now at another perspective on the Passover. What's another way we can look at in regards to what the Passover is and represents? Well, another way we can look at it is as a way of a new beginning. So, if you're looking at, of course, the original, where God brought them out of slavery, this also ties into this theme of new beginnings. They are going out of the old, where they were slaves to another master, and brought into a new land God had set out for them. This is a new beginning for the Jewish people, for the Israelites. This is a new time for them to move forward in a plan that God had for his people. And now we look at that within our context. Jesus Christ, in his time here on earth, had made another change to the old traditions, the old ways of doing things. And his change brought forth a new beginning for us. He transformed the culture and included us in the situation. He gave us redemption. He gave us a new start. So, in a sense, the Passover is also a recognition and a celebration of a new beginning for us in our walk with Christ as well. Now we are not bound to the same covenant of those of the Jewish people. We are bound to a new covenant made through Jesus' sacrifice and his death into something greater, something better. And he even went on to tell us that we will do greater things than he did. Just as he transformed even the very culture and the proceedings of tradition, he wants us to transform our culture and our traditions. We so often fall into this category of religiosity in our minds when it comes to our practices. I mean, look what we did to the Passover. We stopped celebrating the Passover and we just took out the part with the bread and the wine and just made communion a thing. We no longer celebrated this event like we were commanded to do in the Bible, and instead we just compartmentalized it into this little light mini version of it that doesn't fully capture the scope of what God did in this moment, of what Jesus did when he took that bread and took that cup and gave it to his disciples. We need to remember and fully realize how groundbreaking this is for us as Christians and remember it. This is why we celebrate the Passover, not because we are Jewish people and we are following the Old Testament commandments, but because we are celebrating and remembering what God did to transform and fulfill that testament. If it wasn't for what Jesus did when he came here on earth, we would still be in a situation where we don't have a direct path to God. But Jesus became the sacrificial lamb that conquered death itself, just as the sacrificial lamb during the time of Exodus and Moses was used to stop death from taking those who were God's people. In the same, it is the same situation, but with new context and greater scope. This is amazing to look at, and we need to remember this. 
Remember the new beginning God gave us. Remember the transformation he created while on the earth. And this is just one big example of the many changes he did to culture that revolutionized us as believers. We need to take after Jesus. We need to take after God in this aspect, transforming culture, transforming the traditions around us, no longer trying to compartmentalize the ways we do things. These were the things that Jesus condemned when it came to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. I'm not saying we shouldn't do communions, just that we should not ignore and push aside this Passover celebration and how big and significant it is for us as Christians and people of faith. Jesus Christ changed a practice, transformed a practice and made it new, and that forever changed us. We need to take after that in everything we do. As we move forward in the plans God has given us in our lives, we need to take after God and become transformers. We need to transform the culture, the business practices, the religious practices. Everything that we are doing needs to be rooted and grounded in God, in how he wants us to evolve things to newer and greater areas, newer and greater ideas, newer and greater concepts, in every aspect of society, whether it be business, politics, entertainment, our day-to-day -day lives, and so on and so on and everything else. We must take after God in this aspect. We must look at God's example and lead. Remember, he said, we can do greater works than he did. And he transformed an entire culture. He saved the world through his death and sacrifice. He healed the sick and performed so many miracles while he was here on earth. And his disciples continued that ministry and moved forward and performed even more miracles, even more amazing things. So now it's our turn to do the same. It's our turn to take the mantle that God has given us and run with it in our lives. We have already received so many instructions, changes we need to make, and things we need to carry out. Now is the time, now or never, that we move forward with these instructions and make the change God wants us to make. There is great things happening across the world, and we do not want to miss being a part of it. Trust me on that. So let us remember that as well as remember why the Passover still has significance for us even now as Christians. Amen? Now I am running out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening with us today. Don't forget that if you want to participate and join us in our Sunday services, we are located at 8419 Callahan Road, or if you cannot make it there in person, you can watch us online at SOGMI.org or through our YouTube channel at SOGMI. Our service times are at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning as well as 7 p.m. Sunday evening and Wednesday evening. We hope to see you there. And also, if you 
want to re-listen to this message later, or if you want to listen to any past broadcasts we have done at the Prophetic Voice of Our Time, we are on podcast. You can find us on Spotify, on our website at SOGMI.org, as well as on Google Play and iTunes. Remember that this broadcast is only made possible through listeners and supporters like you. If you would like to sow a seed to keep this message out there for you guys to listen to, you can sow a seed at SOGMI.org and click Donate. But that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been James Sasso with Sons of God Ministries International, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.